What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. When you are 40 and single and without children and a preacher and a public figure to a certain extent, your singleness can be the subject in many circles and people can be brash and unapologetic and participatory in your life, your personal life, in a way that is very intrusive, sometimes embarrassing, um, sometimes people have to be corrected. Uh, People can be very hypocritical. Uh, People can be very presumptuous and it's a lot to manage. And especially within the church culture, people are, it's almost like you're uh, selling out to God and positioning yourself to be a minstrel for his use can sometimes to other people feel like ownership. People have higher expectations for you than they have for themselves. Uh, people can be very irrational about your personal choices. I mean, I can go on and on. As I've gotten older, I have learned to brave some of these conversations. I've learned to have strong uh, responses. I learned to be more resilient. I've learned to be shameless. I've learned to be uh, confident in my status as a single man. but that has taken some time and there are lots of phases um, that have been associated with me coming to terms with what it means to be single and a man Um, of course i've had phases like anybody who is single where i have wondered if i have the capacity to be unsingle I have had stages in life where I have allowed other people's concern about my singleness. Um, I've allowed that to be my concern, um, but in an unhealthy way. And in this particular phase of life, people have been, people who know that I'm a preacher or who, can see certain call in my life or know some of my lifelong aspirations. Like people have been very clear about their perspective about my singleness in connection with my calling, which is very, very interesting because often, more often than not, uh, 
the discussion around my singleness and my calling um, is rooted in scriptures that were words written in letters by a man who was not married. And so one of the things that I've had to come to terms with is the pride of singleness, because it's not like God afforded me the privilege and the honor of being married and I passed up the opportunity. That's not what's in God's will for me. I have a desire to be married, uh, but I also have a desire to be married within the context of Christ's call on my life. So I decided that because it comes up so often, I need to share my mindset around marriage. Um, let me first um, note that I believe that Christ is the center of marriage, that he ordained marriage, that marriage is a covenant um, ordained by God between man and woman. I believe that God should be the, the, the connecting factor, the glue in a marriage. Um, I believe that I believe all that, and I got to start there because I don't want people to feel like what I'm going to say is anti-biblical. I'm providing you a theological reflection to an extent um, about uh, my journey. I want to acknowledge a proverb that is quite frequently shared um, in relation to uh, marriage and singleness. And that is Proverbs, the 18th chapter and the 22nd verse. And it says, whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And although I'm not married, I really like that scripture um, because it gives um, the single person something to look forward to. It gives um, the single person uh, the encouragement to pursue the favor of God through marriage. Um, and I think that that's powerful. I think that it is honorable to be married um, I think it's honorable when men initiate or lead um, or are assertive in their pursuit of marriage, blah, blah, blah. But I do want to say that when we're talking about marriage, not every person is supposed to be married. And 
I think it should go on the record that Christ, who said that he came to bear the infirmities of the world and experience life on earth for the sake of knowing how to die for us and what to die for us for was not married. Um, and in his earthly experience did not think that to be necessary in order to understand the plight of man. So let me say that. However, I believe that God wants us to pursue healthy, spiritual, biblical marriage. So I entitled this episode, The Person I'm Marrying, because this is more of a letter to the people who have approached me or made it their business or commented or considered or thought about uh, my singleness or any person's singleness as a public discussion or a matter for discourse. Now, quite naturally, I cannot speak for everybody. So this is not me standing tall and firm for every person. But I want to share these things because I think it's very important. And I think particularly for those that are in ministry, because one thing that I have learned is that people get married for a lot of different reasons, sometimes for protection and safety. In fact, many of the reasons for which people get married are ordained or encouraged in the Bible, right? The Bible says that it's better to marry than to burn. So you have people who marry quickly. They participate in short-lived courtships so that they uh, can participate in sexual activity. There are some people who yearn uh, fellowship and partnership on a regular basis. They need that camaraderie that intimacy in order to feel safe and human. Um, there are some people uh, who um, are interdependent on others and they need um, to be assisted or served or helped in ways that one can only do within the confines of an intimate relationship. People get married for a lot of different reasons. The rationale for marriage, the selection process for marriage changes as you age. And I've had a lot of people say, you're cute and she's cute and you're safe and she's safe. And so you guys should get married. Well, first let me, uh, let me be the bearer of some good and bad news. Um, and then let me tell you the danger of certain, uh, of that mindset. First of all, uh, 
just because a person um, has not been married over a long period of time does not mean that they do not have a preference or a taste or an ideal mate. They don't have something in their mind that they um, have set their affections on. And I think that sometimes people are like, well, y'all go to the same church and you're safe, so why don't you get no? No. Because my salvation does not mean that I'm simply going to marry somebody or date somebody because we believe in in Jesus Christ. Well, there are lots of people that believe in Jesus Christ. And I also have enough faith to believe that there is someone who believes in Jesus Christ who I find appealing to the eye. The other thing that I think that we don't say as often, but it comes in private circles when I'm talking to my single friends, when I'm talking to newly married friends, we talk a lot about how sometimes our need to feel attractive, to be in relationships with people who we view as attractive can sometimes be disregarded by people. And some of the times the most judgmental and critical and overbearing people are people who are in marriages that lack a certain level of intimacy, but they benefit from other, uh, you know, things in marriage and so they are, uh, maybe they're comfortable. Maybe financial security is, is important to them. So looks or the, the potential for sexual intimacy doesn't matter to them. Well, not everybody is like that. So if you are in the position to influence or encourage or talk to someone who is single about marriage, give them the grace to want to be attracted to someone. The other danger is that um, I have a beautiful friend. I mean, I have a gorgeous friend um, who I love very dearly. I consider her to be a sister. And I want her to be married to someone who honors her and loves her. And I actually feel like I need to like take a stronger role in finding that person for her. When people, and I dealt with this a lot, like, and I have a couple of friends that are like this. I have a, that people are like, well, how, how, what's wrong with such and such? Well, there doesn't have to be anything wrong with somebody. If I'm not attracted to them, I'm not attracted to them. So it positions the person that you're trying to hook up to have to, uh, essentially diminish the character or the, the 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 visual presentation of somebody in order to say that you don't, that they're not your type. And I think we have to be careful of that because, you know, it's just, if, like, like I'm a grown adult man, I, I know what I want. And so if I don't want it, I don't want it. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, the person that I will marry will be someone who reflects the values that I have and 
some of those values are intrinsic and, and spiritual and related to integrity. Some of those values are related to appearance and some of them are trivial, right? Like, you know, some of them will likely make someone uncomfortable. Like I have the right to not want somebody who wears a wig every day if that's what I don't want. If I don't want it, I don't want it, right? Um, that's hard for people to understand. Like you'll tell somebody what your preference is and they'll be like, why? What's wrong? Wah, 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 wah. Well, give people the grace to pick what they're interested in and what they enjoy and what they like, period. You know, like, so the person that I'm going to marry is someone that I enjoy spending time with that understands the, the, the life that I live outside of church. And I need to say that that's really what this podcast is about, okay? Um, sometimes we see people in church and we're like, we look at their gifting and we think, ooh, your giftings match, boom. Well, the people who usually are responsible for this type of behavior are people who got married when they were not saved, right? And so they didn't have like what they, the match they were looking for had nothing to do with gifting, right? God had a plan for them that, and then they, and then they end up just walking in whatever gifting that they had. Well, I have a lot of people in my life who fell into marriage and relationships as a result of people saying, you have all of these church things in common. And so then you should do X, Y, and Z. But nobody ever talks about all the things that make a, a couple compassionate and passionate and 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 gooey and ooey that have nothing to do with church because you can be good at serving and you can be good at ministry and you can be good at singing and you can be good at preaching but not an effective partner in the way that your spouse needs you to be and i think that there are some things that you can learn when you get married when you're 20 but when you're 40 <laughs> There's some things that it's okay for you to say, that's a no-go for me, that, that's not gonna work. I think the other thing is, is that in the prime of life, you want more than just somebody that you can ride to church in the car with. And so I think that people will better, are going to be, I know for me, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised uh, when and if, uh, I share the person that I'm dating because they love God, but they also love the life that God has given them. And that's important, right? Because we're going to spend a lot of time outside of church. And those times are going to be very important to the context of our relationship more than what we spend in church, right? Because we go to church for corporate worship. We don't go to church to pursue intimacy with one another. 
So the person that I'm going to marry is someone who sees themselves outside the context of who people think that they are or they should be, or they're not driven or, or overly invested in trying to be something at church that they miss life. And I think that's important. I'm, I wanted to make this podcast because as a person who, or this episode in particular, is because, because I want people, especially those that are free and single, um, a part of our responsibility is to pray the will of God over our life concerning marriage. People are not going to ever tell you that. They're not going to tell you to pray about God's will concerning marriage for your life because they are going to say, no, you need to get married. Let me, um, let me get real personal for just one second. A couple of weeks ago, somebody rudely told me that they would never, this is what they said, I'm, I'm repeating what they said. They said they would never go to a church where I was the pastor if I didn't get married. And what I told them was that that's fine <laughs> because if I ever should pastor, it would be ordained by God because I cannot call myself. Um, and I cannot select myself. I mean, people I'm sure do that, but I would not do that. Um, and if God calls me to be a single pastor, then I cannot be worried about who will not be pastored by me, right? <laughs> because I have to worry about doing the will of the Lord. And so that was a part of, 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 of healing, because quite frankly, I want to be married just as much as some people in my life want me to be married. But I can't marry somebody that God doesn't give me, right? And, and I'm certainly not going to do that for the sake of other people. And so what I have to tell people quite often is I have to depend on the Lord for every move that I make because I'm not 20, right? And then even when I was 20, I needed to be dependent on the Lord for every move that I make. Did I do that? No, not necessarily. But I think that this conversation is necessary. I've, I also feel like, and I hate to talk, I mean, this is just a controversial topic. I was talking to my cousin about this a couple of weeks ago about how and, and, and believe it or not, this is a very relevant talk, topic amongst clergy and even in seminary that we operate in, in, in very sex negative um, Christian environments where the only time that you hear about sex and the value of the body uh, is when there are discussions around homosexuality or cheating, stealing somebody's husband or you know, like, or, or being dressed sex too sexually. Like we have this thing where 
like we over-sexualize sex in a negative way and we don't talk about it as a gift from God. We don't talk about the body as a gift from God. And so usually young people, myself included, have to find out about our bodies and the value of our bodies and the beauty of our bodies and our own sexuality from places outside of the church. And then the church can get judgmental about how we how we how that manifests for us. So it's a very dangerous conversation to be having, but I think that we need to start we need to start early when it comes to teaching young people about their bodies and what they are ordained to do and what God has called them to do. I know this plot, this episode is all over the place, I know. But I just made it because I want to talk freely and and, and and courageously about the gift of marriage and how it's not bestowed upon everybody. But I also want people to be thinking about how when we come into contact with people that we think should be married or people that we want to be married or people that we want to connect, we can't assume that we want them to be married more than they want to be. There's nothing more devastating than somebody criticizing your um, approach or your pursuit of marriage because it doesn't align with what they think that you should be doing or who they think you should be doing it with. Leave people alone, right? I think we have to ask people, do you want my assistance in hooking you up? Let people say yes or no. If you're going to be positioned to do that, ask important questions. What are you looking for in someone? What concessions will you make? What's off your list? And then if somebody tells you that there's something that they don't like, it's a preference that they don't have, don't push it, right? Like let that person be able to say fully and freely what they value and what they don't value. Um, and then remember that a marriage takes place primarily outside of the confines of church. And if you encourage marriage strictly based on people's gifting and their affiliation and their membership at a church, you get to go on your merry way after the wedding, but you don't get to see the back end, the difficulty that they that ensues when there's not compatibility, when they're not called to be together, when it's not ordained by God. And so if you find yourself in a position where somebody has given you the permission to matchmake for them, it's also your responsibility to pray and ask God to lead you if that person has given you the permission to do so. <sighs> Okay, I think that I will stop now, but my goal, one of the objectives that I have in this season is to free people from the chain of feeling like they are not wanted or that they are undervalued because the people that other people think that they should be with don't want them. My goal is to free people from feeling that their singleness is um, anti-God or that their singleness means that they 
um, will not be able to walk in the fullness of God as a result of other people's projection around their singleness. Um, I feel called to um, share with um, a lot of freedom my own pursuit to be married and the revelation that God gives me regularly, um, especially in this season where most recently I had been exposed to um, a situation in my life that I did not think that I could be exposed to. And I really don't have time to go into it too deeply, but essentially, I had let, allowed myself, you know, the Bible tells us to guard our heart. And I believe wholeheartedly that the Lord positioned me to be vulnerable in a situation so that I could help other people. It, it wasn't, it didn't feel good to me, but it felt good to know that I had an experience that would be beneficial in my ministry um, to youth and young adults, but it didn't feel good to have to go through the experience at all. But what that experience taught me was that love is love, right? And we have, no matter how old you are, you have to be dedicated to protecting yourself. Okay, I'm going to stop, but I'd love to talk about that a little bit more. I'm going to be doing an Ask Damo uh, specifically around singles this week, so make sure you tune in on Wednesday. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Oh